So just like in my book, if I never understood forgiveness from what Christ had done for me first, then my situation that I talk about in this Bible study, that is a difficult circumstance to talk about, I would have never been able to forgive that person in my life. And then I would have never been able to go full circle when I met my birth mom. The only reason the, the Spirit wanted me to meet her was because she wanted to ask me for forgiveness wow. for putting me up for adoption. Wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome into a special edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. In our most recent episode, Mitch, Dave, and I introduced the adoption and foster care crisis in South Carolina. And today, we continue our look into the issues with a special guest who is in studio with us. Yes, Justin, I am so excited about our studio guest today. She is an influencer not just in the Midlands, but in, across the entire state of South Carolina. She's written a book on joy, and uh, you're want, you're going to want to pick that up. But she's also, Melanie Scholl is also the editor-in-chief of, I think, Justin, what is probably one of the most influential magazines in South Carolina. Melanie, tell us a little bit more about Living Real Magazine, and then tell us a little bit more about you, your family, and your story. Okay. Well, let's start with Living Real Magazine. Um, I hated English in high school. Never wanted to really write anything. As a musician, you know, you're only focused on communicating that way. So I was not really interested in putting a lot of words together. But in probably the early 2000s, as I was singing with a group um, in ministry and sharing my adoption story all over the place, I just started feeling this desire to put words together and write. And I wasn't exactly sure what God wanted me to do with that. Mm. So I um, ended up at a writer's conference, first one I had ever been to. Didn't, I was so out of my comfort zone. But I am leaving that, that the last day. And when I walk into the parking lot, it was like the Lord literally spoke, you're going to do a magazine. You're wow. going to call it Living Real, Real People, Real Faith, Real mm -hmm. Life. Wow. And so today, that's what we've been doing for 12 years. It's giving people a platform to tell their stories about what faith looks like with skin on it. And so you mentioned you mentioned traveling around and telling your adoption story. Share, share your story. Share your story with the folks who are listening. Well, I would actually say my story begins at Psalm 139 between verses 13 and 16. Mm -hmm. That God knew us before we were even formed. Yeah. He knew everything about us. He ordained every single day. And because of that, I believe my entire life is covered in his sovereignty and his grace. And so I spent 57 days in foster care and was adopted um, by an amazing Christian family. And it wasn't until I was in my 40s that I found out some of my backstory. And it wasn't because I wanted to know. It was because the Holy Spirit drove me to find out because of um, a specific uh, reason that I needed to um, actually find my birth mom. But the bottom line was that God completely cut ties from one family and dropped me into another for his plan and his purpose. And I've always celebrated that I was adopted. And it has been um, a focus of my complete story. Um, I wouldn't be where I am today. Like even sitting here, I am just in awe of how God uses um, people to connect us, uses uh, circumstances in our life to bring us to these places. 
And to even be sitting around a table talking about adoption and foster care, I'm, I'm just amazed and so grateful to God to give me um, a voice or to be his voice at the table. Wow. I love what you mentioned there about the sovereignty of God. That seems to be a word that we've been using a lot <laughs> lately. About that at lunch. Uh, the sovereignty of God and his grace. And as we said in our last podcast, Justin, the beautiful picture that is represented by adoption, a family who chooses a child, and the beautiful picture of the grace and sovereignty of God that is offered to the world when a family says, we love you, in spite of all of your flaws and faults and failures. As I said on our last podcast, my parents didn't get to pick me, you know, poor people. But a family that adopts a child embraces them chooses them and it's a beautiful picture of the grace and sovereignty of God my mind goes to Ephesians chapter 1 and God's choice to adopt us into his family and so in light of that in us following the path if you will that God has before us in following his footsteps and following the will of our heavenly father our daddy in heaven what Melanie, what would or what should Christians be doing right now to change the lives of thousands? We're talking 4,000, over 4,000 children in the foster care system. What should Christians be doing right now to show the grace and sovereignty of God to these children? Well, I think as a, as a product and being an adopted child, number one, my parents' um, announcement of my adoption said... I was selected, mm. not expected. I still have that invitation, and I use that when I'm able to use visuals and tell them my story. And that night that I was brought home, over 100 people from our church and family and friends came to visit. So I believe that the church, capital C, has an awesome privilege not just responsibility but we have the privilege mm. of rallying around families who want to choose or who have chosen to foster and care for kids as well as those who are choosing to adopt children into their families because when you think of God as our father he also calls us his children yeah. children is an important word and they are an important crucial part of our society and as God looks at us as his children we should look at that little children or the children that are being adopted as those who also are in his plan and his purpose to bring glory to him somehow some way and adoption is the perfect example of who we are in Christ mm. I love what you said there. I, I, I had a family up in North Carolina, a pastor and his wife. They were on staff in a large church, and they realized early on through some genetic testing that they were unable to have children mm -hmm. biologically. And so they began this long and arduous process toward adoption, and it took years. And they finally were able to adopt a young girl, a, a little girl. And they celebrated her birthday, of course, but they also celebrated another day. Mm. They celebrated Gotcha Day. Yes. To know that life is celebrated. Yeah. No matter how you got here, how you were conceived, how you were brought into this world, 
You were created by God. And it's a celebration. Yeah. Life it, is it, celebration. It's the essence of the pro-life stance. Yes. Uh, we've talked about what being pro-life means. And pro-life does not just does not mean just pro-birth. That is a that has become the tag that has been put on it. Um, and I think this is the perfect example of this is absolutely not what we're talking about. Yes, that's important. Dave mentioned that on a previous podcast. That is important. Ending ending abortion is important. However, for the children that are born who can't help the situations they've been born into or who need rescue or even even their biological parents who just don't feel like they can handle the responsibility. There are so many reasons why children might end up in foster care. There, There's an endless list, I'm sure, that we've talked about. But this idea, everyone wants to feel wanted. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a deep desire to feel wanted and desired. And that plays out in a lot of different areas. And I think that's the root cause of a lot of issues that we end up having in our lives at some point is this desire to be wanted. And and, and Mitch, you were, you were getting to the point of the fact that it can both be a physical and a spiritual, what better picture, as you mentioned, Ephesians 1, 5, we've been adopted as co-heirs with Christ, that we that we get this inheritance, not because we were born Christian. No one is born a Christian. No one is born saved. We have that opportunity to accept that gift, and then we're adopted into something that we were never able to achieve on our own. And what better picture on earth than adoption or foster? And not every not every person who's listening is called to be a foster parent, no, or called to adopt a child. Right. And that's not. I don't think that's what we're saying. What we're saying is there are other avenues that can be used by people, even who if they aren't called to be those foster parents or adoptive parents. So we've gone through these meetings. There have been several. Um, and and you've, you've set in on every single one of them, obviously. What are some of the things we've learned and that we've taken away about what stakeholders, and I use stakeholders, I believe we're all, as, as Christian conservatives, I think we're all stakeholders in this. What can our folks do to get involved and to make a difference and to make a change? Well, first off, I believe that people just need to stop and listen. We have a crisis in South Carolina. Yeah. And there are, I think we talked about this earlier, there are 800 kids ready right now today to be adopted. Mm. And I'm only speaking from my own experience because my experience was phenomenal. And if I could do anything in South Carolina, it would be to help families have a phenomenal adoption experience and for kids to belong. I've never felt unwanted. I've never felt like there was something wrong with me. I've never felt any of that, partially because my family brought me up understanding who God and Jesus were, and I've never felt alone. And life has always been celebrated. So I think if we can just help change the mindset of people that all children belong somewhere and with loving families and with loving moms and dads to um, so that they can thrive and not just have a place to call home, but have a future. 
something to look forward to. Um, life, learning how to be a woman, learning how to be a man, look at, learning how to love people, and above all else, love God. So you can't take God out of the equation because God invented adoption. That's right. It was his idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to be a, um, if Palmetto family is all about biblical perspective, then we're going to come at adoption and foster care from a biblical perspective. It's God's idea. Yeah. And you cannot, you can't do any better than that. And as we talk about this, and we've already said this once or twice during this podcast session, and some of you out there might be wondering if we're using the term crisis flippantly. Mm-hmm. We're not. I mean, this is a crisis of epic proportions. And it's, yes, it's about the children. But as Justin, you used that word stakeholders just a moment ago. This is about the children. This is about foster families. This is about adoptive families. This is about biological families. This is about kin, next of kin in reunification. There are so many different people at play here who are affected by this crisis. What better opportunity for the church to be the church, the big C church, the body of Christ, than to jump into this crisis as the hands and feet of Jesus? So as we walk through that, what are some, you've been a key and integral part of our task force. You've brought many of the players to the table. What are some of the things from our meetings or some general ideas that can be done by the church, by Christians, by Christ followers to help in this crisis? I think wrapping our arms around those families who have already jumped in. Um, a lot of them are in our congregations, and sometimes we don't even know it. Yeah. Um, our church in particular has done this. We, we're on the, you know, just cutting edge of trying to do some things for foster families and foster care and adoptive families and those types of things with providing, you know, material items that they need, but packs that they need because most kids when they are in an emergency situation and they're taken from their home and they're put in immediate foster care they come with a trash bag of yeah. just a few belongings and so knowing that they're probably either going somewhere else from mm-hmm. that immediate foster care moment to a more permanent place you know just having some things like that providing a place for families, DSS workers, uh, caseworkers, guardian at items, all of those people that it's a, a more homey environment, yeah. somewhere where they can just feel at ease and relaxed with one another to be able to talk about the situations, how we can help one another. Um, but the church doesn't need to be standoffish. They need to be in the middle of this because if anything's the picture of Christ, it's us loving orphans and widows and children Sadly, have, we have a lot of children that don't have a place to belong in South Carolina. Wow. This is, this is an issue that, truthfully, Melanie, I didn't know how big it was. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a clue. Right. Until we started looking at it. And it didn't take long talking about it to understand, wow, this is a much bigger issue than I thought. And I'm going to steal Mitch's phrase that he's used quite a bit. It's a 
God-sized problem that can only get a God-sized solution to fix it. What else would you tell the folks who are listening at home? We've talked about the Living Real Magazine. We've heard your story. If there's one key sentence or two or one key thought that you could give to the folks listening to provide hope, Well, number one, hope has a name, Mm. and his name is Jesus. And we are never without hope. No matter how bad the situation looks at this moment, there's always hope. When the body of Christ is on this earth, we are Christ to those around us. So there's hope. Some of us want to ignore that, but there is hope. And I think... um, Just understanding, this is probably going a little too deep, but just understanding, first of all, who God is. Our perspective of who God is is how we respond in faith in the world. So if our understanding of who God is is not, is just the surface level, very shallow sort of relationship, then we are not going to understand Number one, what he's done for us. Mm -hmm. And through what he's done for us, that in turn is why we do for others. So just like in my book, if I never understood forgiveness from what Christ had done for me first, then my situation that I talk about in this Bible study, that is a difficult circumstance to talk about, I would have never been able to forgive that person in my life. And then I would have never been able to go full circle when I met my birth mom. The only reason the the Spirit wanted me to meet her was because she wanted to ask me for forgiveness. Wow. For putting me up for adoption. Wow. And I never, ever had any hateful feelings towards her. But she needed to be released. So I think, first of all, it's our understanding of who Christ is. Christ is our hope. And that's where we start. And then putting teeth to what we're speaking about is being able to change mindsets of people, people who have been in the system for a long time that they're just stuck and we're just keep doing the same thing over and over again. We can't do that anymore. It's time to push the pause button, reset, change minds, and let's do God's work as the church. I love what Romans chapter 8 verses 15 through 17 say and Paul, speaking to the church in Rome, says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs, we are kingdom heirs in the kingdom of our heavenly Father, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. How exciting is it to know that we, as the children of God, have the opportunity to introduce our Heavenly Father that loves us beyond any compare to young people in South Carolina going through this crisis who may otherwise never meet their Heavenly Father. The gospel changes everything. So what can you do? And I mentioned it on our last episode, and I'll mention it again. I think the number one thing you do is you pray. 
you pray and get that understanding as Melanie talked about just a few moments ago of who who is God not who is God to you who is he because who he is is who he is regardless of what you think so I would encourage you to pray I encourage you to pray for the children I encourage you to pray for the adoptive parents foster families the social workers the guardian ad litems the attorneys everybody who's involved in this you need to pray for them because prayer makes things happen prayer is that vehicle we have to talk to our heavenly father about what's on our mind he already knows so just talk to him about it and i would encourage you to be begin praying for that summit in october as that governor's summit on adoption and foster care is rapidly approaching in mid-October. Secondly, you can text guardrails to 76076. That's guardrails, G-U-A-R-D-R-A-I-L-S. You're getting pretty good spelling that now. College graduate to 76076. (laughs) When you do that, you'll be connected with us, and you'll have the ability and the opportunity to learn more about what's going on in the state of South Carolina. Dave has mentioned it on multiple occasions. We are the hub We want to hear what's going on in your area. We want to hear your stories. We want to know what's happening in the Palmetto State because what's happening in Columbia might be different than Charleston and Beaufort and Florence and Anderson and and York and Tika Kay. I mean, there are so many different stories in the Palmetto State, and we want to hear yours. And if you have a story about the topic we're discussing, let us know. And when you get connected like that by texting guardrails to 76076, If you want information on how to contact your legislator and say, something needs to be done about this, we'll get you connected. And of course, we encourage you to subscribe to our Palmetto Family Matters podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. You can go to our website, www.palmettofamily.org. On the podcast tab, you will get our resources page as well. That resources page will have all of the information that we use to discuss the topics we did on the air on Palmetto Family Matters, on Palmetto Family Matters conversations like we've had here with Melanie Schull. And this is just a reminder that in a couple of weeks, we're going to be joined by the director of DSS, Mike Leach, here in studio. And we are looking forward to that as we continue to discuss discuss this issue, this crisis of adoption and foster care, not only in our state. It it, it It is a major issue across the country. And again, I encourage you... To be, to be what God's called you to be, and that's disciples and, and, and preaching and teaching to all nations. And it starts with the smallest of ones. Bring the little children unto me. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Melanie, one more time, editor-in-chief of Living Room Magazine, how can folks get that magazine in their hand? Or can they read it online? What can they do? They can read articles online at livingrealmag.com. You can also tune in to our podcast there as well at livingrealmag.com um, slash podcast. And then we print 5,000 copies. So if we run out and you don't get one, then you can read articles, like I said, on the line, online. And give that podcast a listen. Go ahead and sub- go ahead and get 
subscribe to them in a way that where you can listen to them. Follow up the Palmetto Family Matters podcast with the Living Real podcast or go <laughs> Living Real and then go Palmetto Family. doesn't matter either way. Both. As long as you listen to both, we're okay. okay. And of course, subscribe to this podcast. Give us that five-star rating if you so choose. I believe it would be well worth your time. Melanie, thank you so much for this conversation. Thanks for listening to us. I'm Mitch. And I'm Justin. And we'll see you next time on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast.